Yo ho! Radio Free Oz on the week of June 13th, 2011. And that's not the Aztec calendar, baby. We are on the air. I am your host, Peter Bergman. And by Skype, I'm looking at his ponum here on my flat screen, so to speak, is David Osmond. What's up, Dave? Yo ho ho! Oh, what's up? Well, well, the sun is up for, uh, you know, about 14 hours here, if the sun were up, but... Pete, it's not up today. It's overcast. It's like a California June day. Very disappointing for beautiful Whidbey Island. But otherwise, everything is fine, and it's not too cold out there. How are you? Well, I'm I'm fine, Dave. Uh, there's only one little niggly thing, which is our summer fund and summer not drive Uh-oh. has slowed down. We had a nice contribution. All of a sudden, things went really flat. So let's just jump off right now saying... We need the bucks to keep the conversation going. You know, it's it's not like we can invite you all over to my local cafe and just sit around this huge table. This is the virtual, um, you know, value of that. But we got to pay for studio. We got to pay for, well, we got to pay for women and men, depending on who we're dealing with. <laughs> uh, you know, we go up to Second Life and we buy virtual prostitutes. No, that's not true. We just spend it on bandwidth and various other legitimate costs. So we need your help. Go on up to RadioFreeOz.com. Press the, the green button. Give us what you can. If you take a look on the splash page, you'll see that there's some very interesting um, uh, premiums for people who give larger amounts. No blame if you can't. Hey, I understand. If you can, send it along. It will be tremendously well received. Okay, I just wanted to put that pitch in. You know, I got to keep the business going. It's easier to do the art, Dave. Well, you know, it, that's uh, really how we met, Peter, so long ago. 1966 was at the very first. Uh, public radio fundraiser ever except for one in New York, but the one at uh, KPFK in Los Angeles. That's where uh, Phil Austin and I not met, but where we worked together over the uh, air for the first time and uh, uh-huh. where you joined the conversation so long ago. And we haven't been talking ever since, talking and talking and talking ever that's, since. That's true. I introduced myself to the West Coast Radio in a late at night on one of those fun drives, you know, and uh, thank God the manager was a real kind of carny type rather than the Pacifica take things so seriously you can hardly move type, and he actually offered me a show. Imagine, you know, what it would have been without it. And I don't it, know what I'd be doing now. And that show was Radio <laughs> Free Oz, and this is Radio Free Oz, back again. Still going on, yeah. Yes. We yeah. started in what? In this, let's see. We started in July of 66, mm-hmm. so this is going to be our 45th anniversary on July 24th. Excuse me, I have to leave the room. I must oh, urinate stop. every two minutes. No. no. Stop uh, yeah, geezing on me. <laughs> 45 years. Yes, that is that is correct. It is coming up on the 45th anniversary of the Fireside Theater, which we will uh, undoubtedly celebrate by, I don't know, selling things. Selling things and trying to get together and being in the same place at the same time. There's one. Yeah, Firesign Theater putting a tour together. It's called Herding Hip Cats. Or hep cats, <laughs> hep cats uh, Herding Hip Cats. I like that. I like that. Well, speaking about. of uh, things that uh, uh, are, uh, you know, sound good together, it occurred to me that uh, Newt's gnomes, yeah. Newt's guardian gnomes, the great, Flat, uh, the, yeah. the great, um, the intellectual uh, gnome that is leading the rest of the garden gnomes. They they abandoned right. him. The guardian yeah, the gnomes have gnome. la- left. Yes, they just well, and you know why? 
because they said he wasn't spending any time running a serious campaign for which they're, they're, that's their profession and that's how they're held up to, you know, to praise or calumny. And he, he's off, for example, he's in New Hampshire, right, which key primary state. What is he doing? Campaigning? No. He's publicizing his documentary on Pope Paul II that well, he made with his wife. Well, that's because he's he's acting out the surrealist uh, platform of one gnome, one channel, Pete. I mean, you know, he's got his own channel out there. He can show anything he wants. No, and, and uh, uh, what I heard, the gossip I heard, was that Callista, the great... Callista. The great blonde gnome, nomet. Um, yeah. uh, wanted to go on this Grecian cruise, so heck, let's just you know go to the Isle of Lesbos and hang out. Uh, and he didn't want to say no. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's good husband, you know. His wife wants to go on vacation. What the hell? They got the money. Pope Paul, a movie is running wherever wherever Newt the Gnome's films run. Where do you suppose they run on 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 the Gnome Channel? Maybe it should be a double feature with um, Sarah Palin's new film, which uh, AMC is now going to distribute far and wide in, in red states, coming to red states near you. Uh-huh. Right? There are no red states near me, I hope. No. God, can you imagine being forced into a theater to watch a, 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 a Palin to Palin? Oh, my God. Do, do we mean, know what know. the name of this movie is? Oh, I, I I saw it recently. You know, I'm you know, David. I go into these various sites, you know, trolling the wall. Yeah. And it gets to the point where I can't even stand to look at her. And if you look at the the, the stories that these so-called intelligence sites are running, they're about her. There's nothing there. They're just using the fact that she is a, a she's a publicity magnet, and yeah. they're they're part of the problem. It's, and you know, yeah. she's saying nothing and doing nothing, running around in a bus and, and you know, and get jumping on motorcycles and looking as people say pretty. I don't find her particularly attractive, but that's just taste. But I mean, the, the woman is she's she's a she's an ignorant opportunist. Let's face it. She's the Lady Gaga of politics in America this year. Uh, yeah, you know the yeah, lady. I mean, the lady, except Lady Gaga doesn't pretend to to have a huge message. You know what I mean? Lady Gaga is almost a hundred percent spectacle and entertainment. Like her or like her not. Well, she so so Sarah Palin, ninety eight percent spectacle and entertainment. It's just but she not claims, very she, good. But yeah, but she makes a different claim, right? I mean, you know, she says this is this is serious. I'm talking about saving the country. I'm talking about what's good for. Well, my favorite is her her, her ride of Paul Revere. It was all Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the right, right oh. to right to bear guns and shoot them at. Wait a minute, who were we shooting them at? Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it was basically to warn the British that we're not going to give up our Second Amendment rights. Although there was yet to be even a constitutional convention, let alone a constitution after which, of course, we put together the Bill of Rights, okay, yeah. which, which she refuses to pay. Oh, no, uh, well, the Bill of Rights. Without the Bill of Rights, you and I would be in handcuffs at this very moment. So let's, uh, let's uh, say thank you yeah. for that, for that great well, we Bill can of thank, Rights. We can, thank Jan we can thank James Madison for that, by the way. Oh, but on the other hand, you know, there were a lot of states that, that signed on to the Constitution, that promoted it in their state conventions on the understanding that there would be a Bill of Rights attached. This was the deal, you know, because that's basically the history of the unwritten uh, English Constitution. Was, they have their Bill of Rights. They're just understood. 
whereas ours had to be articulated. You That's bet, just... and I'm glad they were even for that awful Second Amendment thing. Okay. Well, the, the Second Amendment was to allow militias of bare arms. In those days, man, you looked around the corner, there was somebody with a hatchet or a claw, for all you knew. You well, know, you had to true. have it. Bears, now, bears were armed with militias claws, so there you are. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, so what about Teapaw this week, eh? Well, what the, about Teapaw? The new economic order. Oh, God, is that awful. <laughs> Is that not the worst? That's what. Yes, I took. I took notice of that. Yeah, I thought you might have picked up on that. Well, let me tell you, Teapaw. It's and they're just legitimately going after this bozo. I mean, I thought Teapaw was kind of like you know beige central, and that he would represent some sort of thinking man central. I mean, Republican thinking man central. It's almost an oxymoron. But it turns out this guy is a complete economic wingnut, right? <laughs> it looked like that to me. Have you got some of the stats in front of you there? Yes, I do. Let me give you this. All right. First yeah. of all, he wants to do away entirely with capital gains tax. Yep. Which means uh, we, hard workers who have salaries, right, we're taxed to the hilt. But if I make my money... Uh, uh, selling and trading assets of whatever sort, whether or not it produces anything at all, I pay no taxes at all, can, you know, according to Pawlenty. He And he also believes that we spent our way into this deficit, will not accept the fact that 60% of the deficit represents la loss of revenue, okay? He doesn't want to do any taxing at all. He also says that we are going to, what did he say? We're going to be looking at a... Uh, a sustained growth under his plan of 5% for the next 10 straight years, although the average growth from 1947 to 2010 is 3.3%. So somehow his magical wand is almost double our growth because, because he says so. That's right. right? That's because he's, he claims that'll happen. However, the news was out today that uh, instead of hiring people, uh, companies have uh, ordered more equipment, which will yep. work robotically, and thus not only not hired anybody, but never gonna hire nobody neither. So, uh, and all the promises of there being more money out there, more profit for companies, is not providing jobs, is it? Well, here's the other disappointing fact, and you know something, David. We'll get to this. The fact is that there's you have to know so much. And listen so closely to figure out what's going on, who's pulling the strings, and what your options are, that people are overwhelmed by this. I'm not putting them down. They either lack the education or the time, unfortunately, the attention sometimes. They don't have the health. They don't have the, the wherewithal to figure this whole thing out. Now, all of this money... Two, almost $2 trillion sitting in the coffers of corporations who are making record profits. Not only are they spending their money on gizmos, right, instead of G.I. Joes and Janes, but the industries that are hiring in this country are almost entirely local, i.e. finance is hiring abroad. Everything except hotels, health care, and government is hiring abroad. So the jobs that are available are all local jobs, and they pay less. You don't make much working in a hotel, okay? So that's another of the problems. And one of the things that has been recommended as a solution, and of course it's a boogie word for the, for the Republicans, is what we call an industrial policy. Like Germany, 
in 2000 had huge unemployment had a real problem they're putting put themselves together with the with the east which was poor and what they decided to do is put labor and management together in the boardroom figure out a way to make german industry thrive and right now they've got the lowest unemployment in europe they're doing just fine and we're suffering big time so we need an industrial policy. Yes, it smacks of state control. But hey, if state control is okay when it comes to anti-terrorism and snooping and all the rest, why don't we put, put state control to some good use? Well, you know, there's even um, states' rights about snooping and about, uh, uh, you know, there are, what, three states now that are defying the, the federal law about uh, checking the uh, immigration status of everybody they arrest? That's right. Yep. It's going to be a big it's, – it's a big fight, and thank God. Yeah, you know? well, you know, I mean, states' rights when they're defending uh, – uh, their, their slavery is one thing, and when they're defending perhaps the independence of states who uh, uh, who are burdened not for reasons of money but for reasons of conscience – yeah. By federal actions, uh, that's I think that's that's pretty good. That's standing up for for conscience, and states well, that a, have a democratic legislature and government can do that, and governor can do that. It's it state rights is so tricky because what used to really be defined states at the at the time of the revolution and for a while are less defined today because of all the cross-border traffic, because of all the globalization. And what you end up with is some very extreme states, extremely this or extremely that, and a lot of places that look like everything else, like in the flyover. So I don't know, David. It's it's it, it, can I read you my blog? Of that course I did you can. Art, which kind of addresses what the issues are. Okay? <clears throat> you can take it from there. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, go, go. Uh, and um, this is up on Radio Free Oz. The audio is up there also, by the way. And this is called Are You a Dodo? All right. And this is the first of my Everything You Know is Wrong series because everything you know is wrong. Right, Dave? Right. All right. It's time for some perspective on what's going on. What's not going on is Wienergate. Who cares if some horny legislator is twitting his bulge in cyberspace? What is not going on is whether Avita Palin is going to throw her wink in the ring. What substantive contribution could this ignorant opportunist add to the national debate? What is not going on is the cat-mouse game being played over raising the national debt. What can the Republicans hope to gain except a further trashing of their already diminished brand by delaying the inevitable? What is going on is a simultaneous crisis in our economy, our environment, our health care and education systems. Wise minds have warmed of this gathering storm for decades, but the American public would rather go dancing with the stars than dealing with the facts. <laughs> Just what are the facts? Well, let's start with the economy. When Obama took office, he inherited an economy that had been trashed by the previous two administrations. Bill Clinton couldn't keep his deregulating pen in his pants. He burned down the firewall between banks and stock jobbers, turning our financial markets into one great unsupervised casino. Bush the Younger turned Reagan's trickle down into a flood with the assistance of Ayn Rand's disciple at the head of the Fed. And what treasure W couldn't give away to the rich, he squandered on an illegal war in Babylon. The child of these depredations is our present official unemployment rate of 9%. Redouble that number if you include those too discouraged to work for a, or look for a job and the legion of skilled professionals taking huge pay and benefit cuts just to snatch a near entry level job. 
Worse yet is the record number of the unemployed who have been out of work for more than a year. The longer they're denied a job, the less chance they have of ever returning to the workforce. And no one has come to their rescue, save Obama, who squeezed a 16-week extension of unemployment benefits out of the compassion-free GOP in exchange for extending the Bush tax cuts for the wealthy. A plutocratic piñata, if ever there was one. Well, so much for the economy. Let's weather the blizzards, wade through the floods, and step over the middens of dead birds to talk about the environment. (laughs) We'll begin with carbon-based global warming. Forget the vast body of legitimate research that supports global warming. Confronting it would be bad for smokestack industry, would imprison us in four-cylinder girly cars, and in general would take exception with American exceptionalism. (laughs) Furthermore, there's no mention of global warming in any of the myriad editions of the Bible, so it can't be true. While we're turning a scientific calamity into a partisan brouhaha, we're running out of water, poisoning the land with petrochemicals, drilling an ever-widening hole in the ozone layer, and killing species right and left, all in the name of living large. Our healthcare system is a cruel joke. It's the most costly and least efficient among all the developed nations. Millions are uninsured, living with diseases and chronic conditions for which only the fortunate are treated. Billions of work hours are lost to unnecessary illness. Families are bankrupted by outrageous medical bills. Preventive care goes grossly underfunded. American infant mortality ranks 180th out of 224 countries just behind Guam and Cuba. And yet the healthcare establishment has propagandized our citizens into loudly declaring their right to be sick. Our education system, like its healthcare counterpart, is a victim of the same Calvinist analysis. If you weren't born into prosperity, then God has turned his face from you, dooming you to 13 years, if you last, of scratching out an education in overcrowded, understaffed, ill-equipped, and often downright dangerous schools. But... Who needs to know if the world is round if you're watching it all day on a flat screen? Employers are constantly complaining they can't find qualified personnel to fill key high-tech jobs. No surprise. A physicist friend of mine who sits on the Ph.D. committee of a major university told me that not one candidate who has come before him in the last 20 years was born in this country. That's what's going on. So screw the tales of virtual virtual congressional sex. Disregard the posturing and the garden gnomes playing capture the Republican flag and discount the deficit dumb show. We either deepen our analysis, seriously question the shibboleths of conventional wisdom and rise up against the machine or live as dodos and suffer their fate. That's it, Dave. Yikes! I th- I think we better segue to some music, Pete. Yeah, let's let's go to some music. Here's Chaz uh, Glasses, uh, some of three, doing one of my favorite songs of theirs. That ain't all. Whew. Words rolling round and round inside my head. I don't know where to begin Some sound just like any other Trying to imagine what you think I said Won't you let me in All things connect with one another But that ain't all there is I some of this here for you Yes I do 
Here for you. 
Well, Pete, I I, I hardly know what to say a, a, after that uh, a, after that great screed of yours, and I got to say things do look uh, dodo like out there in in the universe. Not not here in the in the in the green spring of Whidbey Island, but um, once you open the pages of the newspaper, why? Yep, it uh, it's. Uh, there is no conversation out there. You know, uh, uh, I went to uh, Preston's graduation yesterday, and the day before that, their baccalaureate, which is sort of like a um, talent show. And mm-hmm. uh, press, uh, press entered like a rock star and uh, jumped up on the, on the bass drum, the drum set, and uh, facing away from the audience and did a guitar solo. It was a spectacular performance. He, was he the baccalaureate? Uh, he he was one of the performers at the baccalaureate. One of the performers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. And uh, and then I'll tell you, it was um, there. There seemed to be a, a lot of what shall I say, love in the crowd at uh, at graduation. Certainly, the uh, high school kids were glad to be graduated, and because uh-huh. this yeah. is an elite school, uh, for which thank goodness uh, uh, the. The the high mucky mucks at uh, Microsoft uh, pay the bill at least for press. Uh, um, there was this feeling of uh, amongst these kids all going to high school. Uh, I, I mean, all going to college from high school. Everybody there were Harvard kids, there were Yale, Princeton, all of the elite schools. There are a lot of people going to the UW here in Seattle. That's okay too, you know. Uh, fine school, fine, yeah, school. fine school, and fine for and really fine for a number of things. Anyway, uh, I think what are they? What are they looking at here? And I and pretty much everybody is 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 career oriented, is money oriented. They're thinking about the money. They're thinking about how to do it. And one of the one of the speakers, uh, I think it was the head of school, actually told them. And this is with Mrs. Balmer sitting on stage because she's uh, uh, on the you know the board of directors of the school, telling kids to to decide how much money they need and how much stuff they need to have, decide what, what? they want, and then stop at that point. Don't go <laughs> any farther. Don't accumulate. Don't n- make any more money than you need, and don't buy any more stuff than you need. And I thought that was pretty interesting coming from the head of school to a bunch of 18, 19 year olds. But David, unemployment amongst college graduates is 24%. So this may be actually a moot point yeah. as to how much you need. Yeah. I mean, you, you may have to take that need down to zero and then don't accumulate anything. Well, that's, that's Nobody's working, Dave. That's the other side of it is these kids are looking at, at least they're looking at a secure, more or less, four years of college. Uh, some of them are rowing for it or playing basketball or baseball for it. Uh, a lot of sports um uh, money out there from colleges, but what not are they looking? The what are they looking for uh, beyond that? Well, a lot of kids who are not going to the Ivy League. There are people who are going to flyover schools, big flyover schools, you know. So, yeah. uh, what? They're, I think they're looking forward to a to the next uh, four years being secure for them, but also trying to um, put themselves in a position to get work. And this is not necessarily by getting a brokerage uh, license, a broker's license, you know. 
Well, I'll tell you, if, as I say, if they're looking for something um, um, here in this great country of ours, they should go to hotel management school. That was always <laughs> my default should... profession, motel management. I thought you got those little <laughs> cottages and there's keys with <laughs> with the little, you know, the little tag on it. and yeah, right, Plenty of right. time to sit and read and learn another language. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad, yeah. not a bad existence, Dave. Not a bad existence Motel at all. management. Hey, I hear things are up on the site or about to be up on the site. Uh, uh, this is RadioFreeOz.com uh, that will mean a lot of changes. What's happening? Well, I had a wonderful hour and a half talk with uh, Scotty Wild, who is our social media and uh, website development guru. And yes, Radio Free Oz is going to take on a new look, a, a more intuitive, um, navigationally intuitive look. It's going to look a little bit more like the Huffington Post. It is going to read like them, but it's going to have, you know, like your normal thing with boxes so you can figure out where you are. And also we have, uh, I now have everything on the site up in a bucket on Amazon, SW3. It's a, I'm, we're in the cloud, Dave. That's we're in the cloud. We're in the, oh. we're, we are in the cloud. So, oh, that's that's my. I'm not going to answer it. But whoops, wait a minute. Unless it's the man who's bringing all of my stuff to me. No, it's not him. I'm not. I'm not going to answer it. You can hear it ringing, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, Mike is on the way. I hear. Yeah, Mike is on the way. Bringing you talk about stuff. All right, all my stuff is coming down, and I'm moving all my stuff. And there's a part of me that remembers when I lived in a little little room in Mallorca with just a table, a bed, and a candle, and a knapsack, and I was happy as a pig in sauce, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, now, no, no question with, about it. Loaded with stuff. I mean, just, oh, my. Maybe that comes with growing up. I'm not sure. But there you are, you know. So, uh, let's see. So, Scotty, what? and the site. So, the site's going to become even more intuitive, and we'll, we're going to be able, for example, if you want to, you know, they'll, the poetry section will be one place. You'll be able to go, go to places. You'll be able to go over to a site and buy stuff. I think we're going to put together some digital files, Dave, uh, for download. We're going to even further monetize the site. We have to. I mean, you know, as artists, it's so hard for us to think, uh, you know, in the monetary niche. But like Gurdjieff said, you have to solve the material question. It just has to be done, you know. Well, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with selling good product, so that's what we no. would be doing, and uh, and that's great. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. We're monetizing the Firesign Theater site with great products that people will want and uh, prize and treasure, and uh, and if and if they don't want them or prize them and treasure them, then they don't have to buy them. You know. That's that's right. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I feel good about Oz because I think that you know, one, of the, one of the good things about being fired from Politico, which is a basically liberal, slightly to the left, very successful, full-on political blog, is just like Phil Fountain said to me. Man, he said, if you hadn't got fired, I would have begun to wonder. He said, I don't really see how your level or your style of analysis would fit in with those people. And the fact is, that's what Oz is all about, right? Our independent deep questioning of a thoroughly interesting and thoroughly flawed system, you know? So, yeah, here we are, um, running on fumes, but, you know, getting high on it anyway. Well, speaking uh, of, of, of deeply flawed systems, uh, there, was a, there was a very interesting letter in the New York Times uh, a week or so ago uh, from uh, the senator, U.S. senator from Texas, one of them, John Cornyn. Senator yeah. Cornyn. And... Uh, 
he was responding to an editorial in the Times, and I'm going to read this because there's a great quote, not from John Cornyn, but from, Please uh, do. from Please his do. antagonist or <laughs> the person he's uh, opposed to. In your May 23rd editorial, I won't even do this as Texas, so excuse me. No, breaking faith. You claim that I, quote, falsely, end quote, accused Goodwin Liu, President Obama's judicial nominee of holding the view that the United States Constitution somehow guarantees a European-style welfare state. Yet in a 2006 Yale Law Journal article, Mr. Liu argued, now this is the this is proving that the Constitution somehow guarantees a European-style welfare state, according to Senator John Cornyn, quoting <clears throat> Yale uh, Law Professor Liu. On my account of the Constitution's citizenship guarantee, federal responsibility logically extends to areas beyond education. Beyond a minimal safety net, the legislative agenda of equal citizenship should extend to systems of support and opportunity that, like education, provide a foundation for political and economic autonomy and participation. The main pillars of the agenda would include basic employment supports, such as expanded health insurance, child care, transportation subsidies, job training, and a robust earned income tax credit. End quote. Back to Senator Cornyn. I believe that the professor's words speak for themselves and that my characterization was fair. You, you slipped into – you couldn't help but slip into I couldn't into slip it. Yeah, yeah, I had to do that yeah, little yeah. thing at Texas in the end. My, my apologies, Senator. So there's, the, there's the, uh, the, the, um, the seemingly un, unsolvable, unsoluble division between them and us and, and, and them and them and us and, the, and us uh, that is not going to solve any problems. Now, your very serious blog um, uh, attempting to get at some – the 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 deep sides of these issues are not not repeat underline not what the gnomes want to do here they they clearly don't see a responsibility on the part of government for taking care of its citizens uh, and they haven't read the economic tea leaves of the last 100 years they you know they they are able to slay canes as i say no. they are they will not understand that pump priming the you know the economy during a recession in this case a deep recession at least right a big r is 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 what works and that it doesn't cost you anything in the long run because you you create jobs you create education you make people available 10 years from now 20 years from now who are increasing the tax base if you don't it only continues to slide downhill by the way senator cornyn mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. man who's concerned about being uh, quoted truthfully is the guy that denies the well-documented fact that he was the go-between senator ensign and the husband of the, the, his employer, whose wife he was stooping, uh, he, he was the one who was helping to put together the hush money, okay? This is, you know, John Cornyn, hooray, a, a man of great stature, a man of great probity. Well, but a, but a man of great power, because uh, if, if he opposes uh, Obama's judicial nominee, he, it doesn't— Successfully. 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 It doesn't yeah. happen. 
It doesn't happen. One senator can stop everything from happening. And why tell me this? Because you're, uh, you know, you know your government history. Why is a vote of 60 required for everything except maybe cleaning the rug at the Senate? Well, it's not required, David, in terms of passing legislation, but it requires 60, a ma- you know, a majority. That's, to- we call that a super majority where I come sure. from. Right. Well, the fact is, you know, to put to stop a filibuster. In other words, if you don't have about 60 votes, you can't stop the filibuster. That's the ru- it's a rule of the Senate that you need 60 votes to, to bring cloture. Right. And they don't have it. I mean, if the Democrats had 60 plus members of the Senate, it wouldn't be an issue. But not only do they only have what, like 53, but some of them are damn blue dogs. And there's damn few Republicans, if any, that will cross over. You know, you got Olympia Snow and you got Susan Collins and they're scared to death. Of the, of the right-wing Tea Party because, you know, Maine has gone crazy. The Tea Party took over the state uh, 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 Republican Party. It is serious wackos, man. That's, that's, the, that's the governor who took down the picture of the working man. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. The governor, because it was too controversial. I, I think it might have even been in the Department of Labor or something like that. No, no, no. And, in fact, you know who also just did that? Our friend Scott Walker the governor of Wisconsin, took down the portrait of, of immigrant children or something like it that hung over the fireplace in the governor's mansion and put in its place some picture of a bald eagle. And, you know, and, and we, will remember, we will remember John Ashcroft, who covered up the breasts of the, of the uh, Statue of Justice standing behind him in the, uh, yeah. in the yeah. Since within our Within our recent political history, political memory, we've had an attorney general who had himself anointed with Wesson oil when he was sworn in. We are absolutely fucking nuts. Well, you know, these these things will pass in, in, in time. Years and years ago, there was a candidate for governor of Washington state, a woman who not only was so far to the right and such a, a you know a religious extremist let's put it that way it, it was the captured party it wasn't the tea party that captured the republican party but it was the extreme right wing they just they took it away well she got like two percent of the vote and that's not happened again and as a matter of fact we haven't had a republican governor here for quite a while but but there's they're always hoping they're always close, David. Well, there is some good news. I don't know if we want to call it good news, but finally, remember I wrote that blog a long time ago called, you know, the Great uh, Confluence, in which everybody on the right hates Obama but gives him a complete pass as commander in chief. Okay. Yes. Well, now his own party and the Republicans are beginning to become what they call now war weary, not analytic not deeply you know deeply interested in the the function and format and style of our foreign policy just weary of the war okay so that's going to bring us what's going to bring the boys back is weariness not wariness all right and it looks like they're going to force obama's hand and sooner or later we're going to be bringing the boys what's left of them back home well, remember you and I did that piece uh, oh, at least six, maybe eight months ago called Afghan Warrior about a guy who was weary but ready to go back? That's right. Why, yeah. don't, why don't we play that now 
to frame the argument. Here's Afghan warrior. This is David Osman for Radio Free Oz, and I'm backstage just uh, off the main set of Afghan Gladiator. That's that hot new TV show that gives returning vets from AFPAC a chance to go back for another tour of counterinsurgency. Exciting show, and here's the winner of tonight's contest, the former National Guardsman who already revolved through eight tours over there. It's PTSD First Class Crystal McStanley. Well, tell us something about yourself, Chris. Uh, yes, sir. Well, um, I joined the Marines when I was 18 for on-the-job training, and it sure was because, uh, like, uh, three days later, I was in AFPAC. Oh, really? want to go back, but they said I'm too used up, so I guess I showed them up. Well, I guess you did. Well, Ed, you, you must have brought home some souvenirs or something from your last tour, right? Yeah, PTSD, night sweats, the crabs, and I used to be a woman, but the Army took care of that the last time I, I looked. Oh, really? Well, well, that's sad, uh, yet there's something comfortably uh, ironic about, about that, too, Chris. But uh, tell us all about the Afghan Gladiator Challenge. Well, sure, sir. Uh, first, there's the uh, pop-up firefights. Uh-huh. I get five points for every turban, and, and I lose five for every CD. That's collateral, collateral damage. damage. I ended up just, just over even. Uh-huh. Then there's the uh, IED swamp thing. I had to drain the swamp and replace it with a girls' school uh-huh. without blowing anybody up. Yeah, and, nation building. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And then comes Bribe the Warlord stuff, bribe you know. Warlord. It's uh-huh. T-up or get terminated on the Kabul to freaking nowhere highway. Cost me an arm and a leg. Oh, really? Glad it wasn't mine. Uh-huh. Well, me too. Say, you survived those first three t- challenges, and, and but 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 how did the big show end up? It ended up, man, in the poppy field. You know, you have to dream your way out of it. Really? It's kind of like the war itself, huh? Well, tell me, how, how'd you do it? Well, I used my big jar here of Fratricide. It's, it's a meth-enhanced electrolyte replacement system, and it keeps me up all day. Because, yeah. see, over there, they, they, they own the day uh, and the night. It oh. really doesn't matter. Well, uh, so you you won something, though, besides the, the tour to go back. Yeah, right? I get this case of Bud Light Lime. That's enough to get the general from Paris to Berlin in my new Hummer. The Army gave you a Hummer? And just the down payment, but it's got robusted air conditioning and skin seats. Well, so cool. that's your job. It's not not a tough one. You're just driving the general. Isn't no, it, huh? sir. Our orders are to clear hold and forget about it. Well, but what about winning the war? There's no winning, sir. It's uh, uh, just survival. Well, PTSD, First Class Crystal McSamley, that's just what you've done on Afghan Gladiator today. So from me to you, good luck on your way back to Stan. Thanks. By the way, all those countries over there are called Stan something. What does that mean? Did they tell you what that means? Yeah, sir, Stan is Muslim for pain. Afghani pain, Uzbekis pain, Paki pain, Missouri pain. (laughs) Well, no pain, no gain. Yeah, well, lots of one and uh, none of the other. But but it's a good war, sir. Uh I already signed up my unborn children to over there and forget when I'm going to go over and uh, clear and hold. Well, it sounds like you've got it all under control, uh, Stan. And, and, and this is uh, David Osmond for Radio Free Oz here at the Bob Hope Studios in Burbank, California. Yeah, you know, maybe if the economy remains as bad as it is, David, it'll, it'll drive more and more people into the military just because it's the only available job. You know, yeah, that's, maybe that's one won't, side of it. Maybe we won't have an Afghanistan and an Iraq to send them to. So where do they go? Yemen, Tierra del Fuego. I mean, where do we send them? Uh, Alabama. I don't know. Well, yeah, when they say we're going to bring the boys back home, 
uh, we're we're also going to bring the armament back home, the tanks back home, and the mercenaries, the, and the mercenaries, the mercenaries back home, the quartermaster corps, the meals uh, ready. Yeah, what are they going to do? I mean, it, it, here's the facts: that these military bases that they're building are so huge and so industrially manned and so full of little America that we're, the, the abandonment of, of that aspect of, um, of uh, what do they call it, you know, you know of uh, pacification uh, is going to be very hard. I think it's the hardest. I mean, think of all the Burger King franchises across uh, uh, Iraq that will have to close. Or will oh, they? Or, or or will they open the these immense military bases and uh, safe areas to the citizens of Baghdad? Well, in Baghdad, it should be called basically Burger Khan because you know that basically <laughs> because of the Mughal influence. That's right. In, Burger in Khan, Persia, they should be called Burger Shah. That's not bad, Burger Shah. Hey, man. Yeah, so I, I don't know what we're going to do with this. I mean, you know, Clinton was really into a corporate foreign policy. He'd send people over there uh, from the State Department and corporate America hand in hand to tell them how we were going to import democracy into their uh, less than perfect world. And it didn't work. Well, David, I'll tell you what. We've been fetching for 45 minutes. Oh, gosh. Okay? Oh, my golly. Yeah. So how about we go back to that wonderful period when people actually looked around and, and, and smelled the coffee, or maybe the green tea, back to the Tang period. I understand you have another of Lee Ho's poems for I, us. I, I What's do. It called? I do. I do. Yeah. Well, you know, the, he, he wrote two poems back in the 8th century that uh, are titled Magic Strings. Uh, given the fact that... Uh, that events are cracking around us and, uh, you know, things are uh, apocalyptic from time to time, <laughs> from hour to hour these days. This is Magic Strings 2. This is a wild one. Okay. The witch pours her libation. The wine sizzles and clouds gather in the sky. Sweet fumes from the coals in the jade brazier. Sea gods and mountain demons take their seats. Votive papers crackle in the wind. Her passionwood lute is inlaid with a golden phoenix. Plucking it, she screws up her face, muttering in time to the harsh chords. She calls the stars and the dim gods to her cup and dish, their feast. When demons are feeding, men shudder. The sun crawls over the mountains. The gods are all around, almost visible. Their anger and pleasure leap across her tranced, twitching face. Then they mount their chariots and ride a swirling host back to their distant mountains. When demons do what? Go back to that's a wonderful. Point. When demons when, when, are feeding, men shudder. Oh, isn't that true? And aren't those <laughs> demons eating us alive? They as are we speak? indeed, and we are shuddering. But we're all shuddering together, and and uh, that keeps us warm. Well, just just keep the path of the warrior traveler. Stay impeccable, David. In fact, everybody out there, stay impeccable. Take responsibility. Keep the faith and don't be, afraid, don't be afraid to be alone. Born alone, die alone, never alone. That's probably what I'm going to put on my tombstone, if I have a tombstone. 
I might just jump over a cliff and never be found. Who knows? You know, it's it's just Peter the Lemming the Berg Bergman says goodbye. Ber yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Lemming tree, very bitter. So, David, <laughs> thank you so much for, for being with us. Let me let me thank the whole Oz team, yourself, my co-host David Osman. I'm your host, Peter Bergman. Dave Maloney is at the switchboard at the beautiful Blue U Studios. Chaz Glass is our forensic accountant, accountant making sure that we keep the straight and narrow. Phil Fountain does all the beautiful illustration. Scotty Wilde develops the website and gives us good high-tech advice. Tom Gedwillow is our webmaster. Thank you all very much. Please go up to RadioFreeOz.com and donate to us. Take a look at all the nice premiums and we will be back with you next week.